Welcome, welcome guys to the Off-White Pod. We are the Off-White Boys, you know who it is. It's David, the hardest host, darker than most. And with me, as always, I've got Vic, the most gas guy who never tells lies. And we've got a special episode for you today of the Off-White Pod. Do you want to tell them about it, Vic? Of course, so it's special for a couple of reasons. It's our first YouTube video. It's the premiere of our YouTube channel. The pod's going to be on there. It's going to be amazing. The second reason it's special is because we've got this very special guest, CEO of Social Agendas, Aaron. Um, we're going to talk about wealth creation. We're going to talk about struggles for businesses. And we're going to talk about some personal stories from Aaron, um, some funny ones and some stuff about his background as well. So do not miss it. Enjoy the episode. Um, so yeah, so Aaron basically runs um, a company called Social Agendas. It's like a marketing company in, in simple terms for our listeners. Um, so just before we get into the premise of your company and all the other things that we want to get into and everything, do you want to just introduce yourself, Aaron, who you are, what you're about and, and what you do? Yeah, certainly. So I run Social Agendas Marketing. We're in our fifth year. We're a digital marketing agency with 20 staff in-house at the moment in our Birmingham offices. We help businesses with Facebook and Instagram ads, content creation, emails, everything that they need to grow the money that is in the bottom line of their business, which is, of course, a double-edged sword because if we get the results, it's amazing. It's a fairy tale. If we don't get the results, we get our heads cut off with that sword. So it's a um, high-pressure you know, pressure environment. We're always performance-based. And, yeah, we're just performance marketers trying to kick some ass. Perfect. Oh, nice, nice. And before we get into all the business stuff, uh, there's a little tradition on our podcast that um, we ask our guests this this question. Uh, mm. Completely going to throw you off now because you're probably not expecting it, but it's always comes with a pre question. Donations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for our listeners or people who uh, don't really know um, too much about you, would you mind just stating your uh, ethnic background for us? Uh, I'm British Indian, British, British Indian man. So my uh, parents were born here, but their parents, my grandparents, all come from the Punjab, which is the north region in India. Yeah. Nice, nice. It's the exact same place I'm from. My my grandparents too. So yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Punjab. <laughs> nice. I like it. Um, so yeah, the question is. I'd leave you out. <laughs> the question is um give if you were given the if you were given no choice you have to pick another ethnicity yeah. another uh country another population another culture to be be from what would you pick and why absolutely no idea yeah. <laughs> can i pick my own again um that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep it light. I'm gonna keep it light. I wanna be from <laughs> Oh, you know, honestly, I have no idea, man. There's too many great options. There's so many amazing countries, cultures, yeah. uh, skin tones. I'd probably do I have to answer this? Do I have to answer this right now? Can I think yeah, about yeah. it? Oh, by the end of the podcast. I have to answer it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, right now, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, Whoa, chill there. <laughs> you have to let me sit on that. 
No problem at all, no problem. So I'll throw it back to Vic. Yeah, that is, it's a hard question. Uh, if you're not prepared for it, I, it's definitely thrown a couple of people off before. Yeah. Um, so obviously yeah, you mentioned yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got a you've had a you've got a business social agendas uh, marketing that you've been running for five years. Um and I kind of I found you basically from CEO Cast, um, so I've obviously watched that and everything, uh, which was a great episode. Uh, we really like what CEO Cast is doing in general. I think he's really good at what he does. Yeah, for him, killing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously, you mentioned a little bit there that um, and in that podcast, especially um, that having a business, running a business is is hard. I think I uh, there was a Elon Musk. Um, I watched one of his interviews and he said like running a business is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. And I noticed that in not, in not quite in those words, but you kind of said on the pot on the, on the CEO cast that um, it's business is very hard. So I just wanted to ask what advice would you give to someone starting their own business? And is there one kind of key mistake or key piece of advice that you would say for them to, in order for them to be successful? Well, for, Every business, that'd be quite broad information. Um, but the main thing with starting any business is understand what you're getting yourself into, understand the struggles. And there's a saying by Buddha that I think it, I think it was Buddha. Hopefully this is accurate. But he said something along the lines of, um, no, the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama. That's who it was. <laughs> close, close, <laughs> close ties. <laughs> the Dalai Lama said, if I can remember it now, <laughs> but he said, life is suffering. That's it. That's the full stop. Life is suffering. And I'd exit the life off and I'll just say business is suffering because there is so much suffering that awaits anybody who's brave enough. It's not just business, starting any brand. You guys know starting this, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be struggles, even if they are minor to the you know on the broader sense there is always going to be big challenges in business you've got to be comfortable with accepting that as your fate and the only thing that happens is you just get better challenges you get better problems the more you grow the more you succeed you still have problems but there's not one business owner i know and i know many many business owners hundreds mm -hmm. and there's not one of them that i know that doesn't have challenges in their business they don't have something they have to overcome, something that is inhibiting them from growing further or from maintaining what they've already built. So in a nutshell, business is suffering. Get used to it. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you can commit to just cracking on under those circumstances, inevitably you're going to be successful. How long it takes and what your definition of success is, is completely dependent on you. So yeah, yeah. Great answer. I love that answer. And then just following on from that then for, for social agendas, what was like first three years, they say like after the first three years, like 90% of businesses will just fail. Um, so was that after the first year as well, actually? First year, wow. I don't know, actually. I don't know what the, the most recent study is, but yeah, 95% of businesses flop in the first one to three years for sure. And that's obviously because of them challenges and then those businesses not being able to overcome them, I imagine. Um, so what do you think were oh, one like big issue or something that you faced in the first two, one to three years that you that you faced and that you were able to overcome? But one, does it is there any that stands out that you can talk to us about? Yeah. Yeah, it's money, 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 cash, money. It's uh, having the cash flow to be able to sustain your life. It's not just sustain your life, actually feel like you're being compensated for the amount of effort, energy, and stress yeah. 
you're putting yourself under by starting this project and starting this business because it's easy to go into it saying, yeah, I'm going to do pot noodles like Gary V said, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend any money at Starbucks. But <laughs> who wants to live like that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we live in such a society where consumerism is at the forefront of everything that we do as human behavior yeah. in the Western world anyway. Yeah. And for you to be able to say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I'm not going to participate in any of the cultural norms that my friends, my family are doing, you know, going on holidays, just trying to live a basic fulfilling lifestyle, right? Is almost impossible when you're running a business and it's just sucking up all of your time, energy, and finances. I went into, you know, I said about it on CEO cast. I went into some serious, I consider it serious debt. Now I would, I don't actually consider that amount of money serious that I'd, I'd borrow that money. I have borrowed that money happily again yeah. and used it to make many, many returns on top. Yeah. So it's all about perspective. It's all about your evolution. And in the first three years, money is going to be a considerable factor. Even if you start with money, it's going to run out at some point unless you are generating sales and profits and you're reinvesting those back into your company. So first three years money is going to be a huge challenge it was for me i borrowed and thankfully i managed to find out and figure out how to generate enough sales enough profits to dig myself out of that hole and clear that off and then of course get to where we are today perfect yeah good answer i think um i've got family that have had business and everything and i've asked them the question before of course you have your indian (laughs) it's in the blood it's just it's natural you know but yeah natural Exactly. And they've always said that cash flow is like the biggest killer. And I think that's in general anyway. If you, you can have revenue or you can have this many contracts, etc. But if you don't have cash flow in your business, you're not going to be able to run on a day-to-day basis. And it's interesting because I actually studied econ and business at A-levels and then uh, economics uh, with business at uni as well. And they, they, they tell you, of course, that cash flow is essential. But from what I've heard from actual business owners, cash flow is the main thing. So you, you need something to reinvest. You need to pay off your creditors, you, your debtors. You need, you need that to, to, to survive. And um, so it's interesting that all the, you know, the, the business owners and everything that I've spoken to, they said that's the main thing, but in an in a academic sense, it's, it's not been the, um, the forefront of the challenge. I would say. Mm, mm. Well, I'd say at university, the kind of, you know, I studied business at BTEC, A-level, and then I did a media degree, but it was a heavy focus on business and why musicians and artists should stay independent and market and brand themselves rather than signing to big labels and losing out on all of their intellectual property rights on their content their music and everything that i learned from there was what i thought businesses could apply in terms of marketing which led me to start in social agendas but in that education in the traditional sense it's kind of like businesses taught only with the assumption that cash flow is there, that you have money in the business, that it's working. But there is no real emphasis on sales, how to actually go out there and bid on, let's say you're a service-based business provider. You're not walking out of a university degree, understanding how to put together a deal, how to communicate effectively with stakeholders, how to go and raise finance. None of this stuff is taught, which is why, all in the private sector, all these suppliers teaching people how to do this stuff as well for right reasons, because traditionally you're never going to hear about it 
The other problem is the people you're learning from haven't got the validation, so you ain't going to believe them anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That was an interesting point and the topic that you've actually brought up uh, before. I wanted to ask. Uh, I, I did want to ask you about this. So you know, you said uh, something about. Um, I think you said you did you did a dissertation on uh, why uh, I should stay independent on the CEO cast. Uh, and I just mm -hmm. wanted to uh, get your opinion on that. Is that from a business perspective or is it also you think as, you know, from the music side of keeping their identity and everything? Both, but mainly from a commercial standpoint, the dissertation was based on the monetary value. Yeah. But of course, brand direction, creative control and, you know, maintaining your independence isn't just about finances. It's also about, your identity like you've just rightly so pointed out and one of the great examples i had in my dissertation honestly i reference this dissertation so often yeah mm. obviously it's five years ago i need to find that piece of paper that it was written on because i should publish it honestly it was such a great <laughs> i know i wrote it <laughs> but let me tell you something <laughs> that shit right there that shit was popping um but now there's there's reference to the late great Nipsey Hussle in it and how he was just so prominent on independence, entrepreneurship, and the psychology as well of being independent. And he was just such an inspiration, man. Yeah. So shout out to Nipsey Hussle, RIP. But yeah, that was a dissertation. It worked. It was great. It was great. And I still believe it to this day. Up to a certain point, of course, mm -hmm. then the whole point of it was you get to a certain point is really for the startup phase. Yeah. And then you can scale yourself up to a certain point. But eventually, you are going to want to come to the negotiation table of the biggest distributors in your marketplace. Mm -hmm. And it's all about having negotiation power. So it's about making a deal, but making the deal on your terms. And you can only do that and influence that decision if you have built it yourself first. Yeah, no, that, I agree with that and that makes sense. Um, I've just got another uh, question that I was uh, curious about on the music front. Um, I've, my brother, he started, uh, I think two years ago, he was making the beats. And I remember you you said on the CEO, CEO cast, you were making beats and selling them. Like how, how would you advise someone who was interested in, you know, going down that road? I don't think he's taking it seriously or anything, but just, you know, quick um, 50 pounds here and there. How, how, would you, how, how did you go about it yourself? unsuccessfully obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh i i was making money more so as a service provider less so about the beats i was making they were bringing beats i just had the equipment i was just smart enough to know when i was in america i lived with 12 other teammates 14 other teammates actually and i was the only non-black person in that household yeah, yeah. and basketball and rap are so closely intertwined mm -hmm. in the culture yeah. of sports in America, right? When you're when you're a boy, like I was rapping, let's get yeah. it, let's get it straight. I was yeah. I was doing it all. Yeah. I was there. I had my mic set up. I had my um, I had a machine, you know, the beat drum pad, which I was making beats on. At least I was making it look like I was making beats on it. Yeah. And then um, I had my MacBook. And that was all for uni. And um, yeah, as soon as the guys saw it, they were all over it. I want to jump in, but they didn't know how to operate, you know, pro, I say pro tools. Ableton was what I was using the most of, but then I got pro tools downloaded, bootleg, 
don't don't put that out of there. But um, yeah, this is ages ago. Yeah. I paid for it eventually. <laughs> but um, I got Pro Tools. These I didn't know how to operate it. I was whipping up the tracks for them, just literally putting their vocals, pressing record over a beat, and I was charging them like a hundred dollars a mixtape. Bob's your uncle. You were the engineer every week. I was the engineer, yeah. So yeah, every yeah. <laughs> engineer, copy paste on. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that, that was my first experience with, with markup. <laughs> but um, that was really that was really just unreal. Like it was fun. It was it was just having fun with it. I was yes, I was making money off it, but it wasn't anything significant. Yeah. And it was just for fun. Like the whole, don't forget the whole reason I was at uni was for basketball. I was on a scholarship in America. Yeah. I had a scholarship here and an bursary here in London. So I just needed a course that I'd really enjoy because my whole focus was basketball and sport. So was, was, the, M, was the NBA in your eye, eyesight at any point? Is that, what you, is that what you went to America for? Or was it more Mate, absolutely. athlete hype? Oh, you, you, you're trying to make it? Oh, 100%. 100%. There are no Indian basketball players in the NBA currently as it stands and never have there been except for two, two lots of two seven-foot Indian guys. One of them I played against when I was living in Canada for a year. He was called Sim, Sim Bular is his name. They pronounce it Bular. Bular. And um, he had another brother called Tanvir or Tanvir, if you actually pronounce it correctly. But Sim and Tanvir Bular were the two seven-foot-four brothers from Toronto. And I played against them. One of them got drafted into the NBA, got immediately dropped because there's no place for even seven footers of that nature anymore. Yeah. Apologies for the dogs, but yeah. this is what you get working from home. And the second one was um, this guy called Satnam Singh. So he got signed. The owner of the Sacramento Kings is Indian. He wanted to draft an Indian player, mm. dropped him straight away again. So... The reason I point that out is there is no representation for Punjabi, Indian or Asian basketball players in the NBA. Yeah. It's a predominantly black league with a minority of white players in the league. Yeah. And the, there's a very valid reason for that. Genetically, yeah. we are farmers. We come from a region of farmland. Yeah. Now, on farmland, I don't know where you'd find anybody sprinting to do anything. If anything, they're very le leisurely in their approach. Second of all, so there's no fast twitch muscle fibers. Yeah. But what we do have is work ethic. And I think I rode my work ethic all the way that I could with basketball. It, it taught me everything I needed to know about everything that can help you become successful as an individual and anything that you apply, discipline, resilience, how to lose well, how to win, and how to be a team player, and also how to lead, how to lead a, a group of people. One year after my college, they made me the captain. Every team I've been on, I became the captain of some at some point, and that's natural because I just like to lead and lead by example as well. So bas basketball gave me all of that. I wanted to go to the NBA. No chance. I learned that as soon as I landed in America, and played against people who are in the NBA right now. Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett. Both of those two players are from Canada. They went to um, the NBA draft and went number one pick. Like number one pick of their year. Both of these guys. I landed the first. Yeah, yeah. Against them. 
the first camp I went to, recruitment camp, these two guys were there. Mate, I learned very quickly how far away I was. These guys are like three years younger, two years younger than me. I'm getting there. It was an, it was embarrassing. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. I was so far behind compared to these guys. Yeah, it wasn't that bad actually. You know, I was still decent. But mm. when you're talking about NBA caliber, let's yeah. not take that and misunderstand the levels. Like these guys are on a top top level, top yeah. top 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 level. They've been playing the game since they're three years old, yeah. not sixteen when I picked the ball up. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. How Depressing did... story, I know. <laughs> Yeah. How did you um, deal with not being able to go to the NBA? Like you said, that with those guys, you saw them, you were like, oh. that question insinuates I had a chance. <laughs> so I can't even answer that because it insinuates Aaron Branch. So, how did you handle not making it to the league? <laughs> the whole basketball community would kill me if I answered that. So, um, let's just keep it real. I was never going to the NBA. I learned it as soon as I landed, which made me, again, really start thinking about, okay, how am I going to make a career out of this? You don't, look, the NBA is 300 and something jobs in terms of players. That's a very small amount of people. Europe was the next best destination. I got pro contract offers in Europe. They're all for crap money. So I turned them all down because at the end of the day, basketball was just supposed to be my vehicle to wealth creation. Yeah. That was all that, that was supposed to be. Basketball careers are very, very short. Look, I'm going to be 30 this year in April. Um, I've got guys who, for injury, have had to retire and they made it and they were playing pro and getting paid decent money. I've got guys who are still rocking it. The GB captain, Miles Hessen, he is from Birmingham. We grew up playing against each other. Unreal talent. Yeah. That guy there, he's made a living out of it. He's making unbelievable money to be in the career that he's in. He's captain of the GB team top top quality guy and even his career is going to be coming to an end over the next five to seven years yeah. then what you know what i mean so i'm grateful in a way that i didn't go that route yeah. i knew my true purpose was business always has been always has been a you know a big focus to be a leader of people but mainly at the heart of everything i do i love helping people i love connecting with human beings helping them get what they want growing with them overcoming challenges is the best part about it there's no destination it's just how can we win yeah yeah, yeah. i love that um just i want to touch on a bit about america and then obviously you live whereabouts in america were you playing then what was the college you were at yeah so it's called first i've spent a year in toronto then i spent two years at a place called blackhawk college east campus there's two campuses and that was in illinois the state of illinois probably about two hours away from chicago now Again, I had the culture shock when I went out there because I thought I was going to the big city. You know, I've never been to America before. I, well, I did in Toronto. We drove over the border and went to play games, blah, blah, blah. But even just heading there, I thought I was going to the big city. But quickly you realize America's cities are very small places. And where you're actually playing, you're playing in the middle of a town, a village, a small community compared to these big cities that is all you ever really see on movies and I had stereotypes about America that I thought I was going into the bright lights thought I was playing in Madison Square Garden didn't I <laughs> and uh, yeah man it was just a culture shock to be honest um, landed in some very rural area but Kiwani Illinois is where it is love that place honestly 
I can't wait one day to go back there and just go and see and reminisce and maybe even support the college because I learned so much about myself as a person there. My coach there, he was brutal. Let me tell you, that guy shaped me. Oh, he was ruthless. This guy was like, his name is BJ McCollum. He was red in the face every single game, screaming, like just ruthless. I, was, I sprained my ankle once, right? And I couldn't walk. <laughs> and this guy, he was like, listen, still get your kit on, still get ready. He thought I was lying or something. I don't know what the deal was, yeah. but he put me in the game. I was limping and hobbling up and down the court. Now, look, it's a compliment at the end of the day because he wants me to play, whatever. But he then started, he then started having a go at me because I wasn't performing because I had a hobbly leg. If you, if you can overcome that, yeah, and bounce back from that, that type of treatment, that really does indicate you've passed a certain level of resilience because it was so brutal. It was so high-paced. And, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to go back and, and support that community again. They gave me my chance, man. They gave me my dream at the end of the day. That would be amazing for you. Yeah, I like how you've... Because I think, well, I played football. Dave, you played sports as well. And I think it teaches you, like, leadership and... Uh, teamwork and when you're when you're getting battered by a team 4-0 and you have to stay in the game to prevent further embarrassment and try and pick your other teammates up it builds up skills that I've been able to use in later life as well and you've already touched on that a little bit that you've been able to build yourself and learn who you are um, mm. that, um, being playing basketball and bringing that into business we actually have something yep. on our Instagram page at Off White Boys um called clashes of the day so essentially we put polls out uh, yeah go follow <laughs> uh, we put uh, polls out and we essentially ask questions and in lead up to this uh, podcast um we put that question out there actually because of i knew that you played basketball like do you think it's you know relevant that you play sports and bring that into business um and it was around about 50 50 if you saw dave yeah. uh, 50 50 people didn't and i was quite surprised because i thought more people would you know think that definitely sports is something that you can use those skills um, and transfer them to your later life and stuff like that um, and it kind of got me thinking about the the mindset of people who because our following is predominantly our age 25 ish younger as well and it kind of got me thinking the whole mindset and obviously it's with social agenda as well like using social media obviously we know that you use facebook and instagram adverts to promote businesses and help them see growth do you think that the mindset of people now is different? Obviously, it's different how it was, but do you think it's not as entrepreneurial? Or do you think because of the internet and social media, it's actually more entrepreneurial, but in a different way? What do you think about that? Compared to when? Are you talking about like your like guys your age and girls yeah. your age versus like guys my age, 29, going into the next phase? <laughs> Are you going over the hill? <laughs> yeah. oh 30 soon Oof, that's, a, that's a big one but yeah even even younger generations compared to ours like who grew up in like this tech world who might see things a little bit easier like youtube is like you know what you know what you know what it's a great question man not one that i get asked a lot but i, I don't really know anybody that young you know what i mean so it's difficult I, the, the, the youngsters okay okay mm. okay mm. so we put a ban on hiring youngsters in my company and right. I might get in trouble before being ageist. But when I say youngsters, I mean inexperienced people. Yeah, yeah. And traditionally, inexperienced are young. 
Now, as a small growing company, look, people look at my company and think, you know, it's, it's big, but it's all about perspective. I know the bigger boys and I know exactly what kind of scale we're heading towards, but we're not there yet. Now, compared to where we were five years, fantastic growth. I'm, I'm very proud of it. But having the right people, you need experience, you need people you can rely on, but you need a low level of training needed for these guys and girls to have an impact. Now, traditionally with younger people, that's difficult to achieve because they have no experience. They have not only no experience in delivering the services and providing customer service and all the other things that come with running a successful agency or being a successful employee at an agency, but they also have no professional etiquette. They don't know how to, how to act when they come into a professional workplace. Mental, the yeah. stuff that we experienced, yeah. embarrassing, not yeah. my standard. Yeah. And Do you have any for that reason... Tell us, obviously, anonymize the person. Where <laughs> 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 to start? Do you want to end on a minimum? We'll put that in the bloopers. <laughs> so what was the question? <laughs> yeah, so, yes, I've got a story. So, dude's telling me he's got a doctor's appointment. He needs to jump on the phone. <laughs> dude's, in the, dude's in the staircase. Now, we've got a whole staircase, 10th to 1. If you're standing on 10, you can hear what someone's saying yeah. on the fifth floor because it's just an... It's just, in this, the sound design world, it's an anechoic, it's not an anechoic, it's like a, in a, a reverberation chamber. Like the sound just travels because it's all flat white walls. So it reflects all the way down and you can hear it. So I'm on the fifth where we've got, we've got offices on lots of different levels yeah. in the building. And I'm on the fifth and I can hear, I just pause just to see the tone of this conversation with his doctor. And I won't go into what was said, but Basically, he's chatting to his missus, right? <laughs> now, we're a fair company. We give breaks. We give paid breaks. We give, in, you know, we've got incentives. Let me just promote and plug some of these incentives uh, for working yeah. at Social Agendas because we pay so much for them. Perk box, you get discounts on loads of stuff. We pay that for every employee. We've got free lunch on a Friday. So then everybody gets free lunch four times a month. Um, obviously you've got hiring. the office environment <laughs> yeah we are hiring for experienced only um, <laughs> hiring got experience no okay sit down anyway <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got all these perks and the breaks paid you know paid breaks the stuff out there guys people think take for granted yeah trust me you don't have to do them I didn't in the past but I'm all about investing in the culture and the community of my team remote work working from home, company laptop. Come on, man. Like, I know I'm doing more than almost 80% of these other agencies, right? And then when you have people take the piss like that, and it's not even their fault, it's they don't know any better yeah. and they don't have professional etiquette. And that is much more prevalent. And even if you give them the staff handbook, you tell them the code of conduct, everything, you'll still see holes and people not following the rules because they won't even read half of it. So it's, 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 not a good, it's not a good formula for success. And often it's not only training the younger people and the younger generation with the skills, it's also teaching them how to become mature human beings and operate in a professional manner. 
which at some point in all of our lives, when we go into the workplace, even if we are entrepreneurs, you've got to figure it out because no one likes to work with a mess. Even if you are a millionaire, no thanks. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I like that. I think you want to, when you hire someone, you expect a certain level of etiquette, not only to do with the job and the role, but actually just your professionalism, as you said, mm. you can't be going on yep. your phone, especially lying about it. I think, you sound like a fair guy if you would say look i've got an issue like a personal issue can i have 10 minutes on the phone i'm pretty sure you might not be opposed to say no you can't do that you'd be like yeah do you think crack on get get on with your work you know and i think to even uh, piggyback on that i think even like with my brother i was trying to get him to get a job from early so he'd understand that and i think as you said even if you're not that experienced but if you have professional mindset on yeah. your willing to put in work you present yourself in a certain way i think that alone people can see that in you and then you're yeah, like definitely. okay let me let me invest in this guy he's, he's got the right mindset so if you couple that with someone who's not got the experience and is unprofessional it's yeah it's a rep- rest, rest. you're giving an opportunity to a younger person yeah? yeah listen let me tell you something i had a focus i was trying to save the world mate when i first started this 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 hiring stuff years you know i hired people from disprivileged backgrounds over people who are more skilled because i lived in the inner city of birmingham for many years in a not so nice place and i am going to go back and share resources and make an impact in these communities when i have those resources built and solidified right now i don't but my caveat to that was hiring people from certain backgrounds taking risk on them seeing some elements in themselves that i I recognize as good qualities and hoping that i could fill in the gaps and that they'd be great mentees and apply themselves and they always do in the first couple of weeks it's unsustainable because they're breaking their character they're breaking who they truly are Mm -hmm. and that is not an easy process and i'll give you i was just smiling then while you're speaking because i was you know obviously you've got the the gears churning on incidents with younger staff you know we had a guy who was very young came through did a tremendous job on his job and he also had a passion for magic right this dude got left unmanaged because i was dealing with something uh, a client i was with a client all day his manager was obviously busy working and doing stuff, just left him self-sufficient on his own, right? (laughs) And to crack on with his work, tell me why, when I come upstairs with the client to show him around, this guy's got cards hanging off my sign, yeah? (laughs) I walk in, the guy's on YouTube learning and teaching himself new magic tricks when I'm paying him. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh. no no yeah you, you can't comprehend this level of crazy shit like i couldn't comprehend it i was stunned over the client as well so i was like yeah welcome to our magic department where we just fucking <laughs> learn tricks oh that's hilarious who even does that you don't even put that in a staff handbook no magic on staff hours <laughs> it's just <laughs> uncomprehendable <laughs> oh my god that's too it's on it, like the stuff like that and it only happens with the youngsters so no thanks oh, look my clients they pay us too much to be yeah. faffing about with with people who can't get the job done we take so many people on with no experience but they're qualified right so when i say no experience 
it's, it's, it's more so being extremely young with no, because I get messages that you guys can imagine. I get messages every single day. I'll work for free. I'll do this for free. Listen, if I wanted people for free, I'd put it out there. I don't want anything for free in this life because that means you've got no responsibility. Yeah. The whole reason our clients pay us is because we're responsible for getting the results. If we don't get it, they don't pay us. Yeah. So why do I need you for free? So you can just not do the job, get it done. So, oh, well, it was for free. Anyway, you didn't lose anything. Mate, there is much more to lose than time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you've tied that back into, you know, businesses, back into social agendas and everything. So as I mentioned before, you run the uh, Facebook and Instagram advertisements. And actually for, for us, we've actually looked into Instagram adverts just to promote our thing and whatever. And that's something that we're looking to do in the future anyway because you can scale it, you can pay as much money to reach a target audience, anything, which we think is great. We've seen that it works for, for other people too. So just so people, if people don't know who you are, if there's anyone listening out there who's got a business and they're looking to scale up and stuff, do you want to tell them what social agenda does in terms of Facebook and Instagram adverts and how it benefits companies, what benefits it can bring? 100%. Yeah, 100%. So the Facebook and Instagram ad service, we have two different ways that we do it. We have the done with you service, which is where we'll train startup companies on how to build profitable, scalable and sustainable campaigns for themselves. And then we've got the done for you side of the business, which is where companies come to us and we take over that whole process with our team. Now, two different routes. They're there for two different types of company. One is for more of the startup community or people who have existing internal marketing departments. The other is for people who are really businesses that are really trying to scale up that don't have the time to run the campaigns themselves and they just need results and they need their advertising pumped out there by professionals. They both get results. They both get to the same destination. One costs more than the other because it has more time associated with it. That's the done for you service. Yeah. But the done with you is a great feeder, if you like, into the done for you because we teach you know, some businesses, they learn how to do it, then they'll come back to us once they're getting many more sales into their business and they'll be like, look, I need you guys to take over. We're smashing it. Can you just ma you know, manage and monitor all the stuff that you taught us how to do? And it's unreal. It's great. Yeah, love it. Brilliant. How do you, so with the more long-term uh, plan then for businesses, is it run like on contract? So you'll be like, for, for for six months, we'll do your advertising and you can see how it goes. And then if you like it, we can renew the contract, whatever, whatever. Is that how it works? Exactly. So it's all on re retainer basis, the done for you services. It's on contracts. The minimum contract we have is three months. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's different, there's so many different services that we offer. You know, it's not just Facebook ads. Look, if you've got a Facebook ad, you're going to need great content. So before the ad, you need good content. If you're going to have content and ads, you're going to need a strategy. You're going to need a plan. You're going to need someone to think it through as to who you're going after, what you want to achieve, and what money you want to you know, see as a return in your business. After the ads, you've got a customer. Then you go think about what happens after I've got that customer. Okay, email marketing. Let's follow up. Let's set up some flows. Let's have a new customer flow. Let's have a newsletter opt-in flow, which helps people start generating an additional 5, 10, 15% in sales. So now all of a sudden, you've got this funnel where before, during, and after the sale, yeah. you're looking after your customers. And then after that email campaign, then it's all about product development. So then we have offers where we help businesses shape what it is they're actually selling. Because believe it or not, people don't even know how to get the value. They can't sell their offers effectively and at scale because they don't know how 
to price the offer, how to brand the offer, how to attract people to that offer. It all requires planning, strategy, and experience. So those are all different areas that we help businesses. The ads is usually the bare minimum. Just following on from that then, um, what kind of like um, customers have you had? What kind of clients, like high profile clients, for any even smaller clients that you've been able to help? And give, if you can give an example of being able to grow someone into in terms of revenue so it's easy for our listeners to digest and understand. 100%. So there's, so look, I used to, when, I, when I first started, and you know, you say easy to remember, you know, brand names, all the rest of it. Bear with me, guys, one sec. No worries. Anything else you want to bang in? Questions wise and everything? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so <laughs> sorry. Okay, no worries. So just from following on from uh, your last point then, um, what kind of like clients have you had that you can mention and um, how you've helped them grow if you want to give some examples as well? 100%. So one of the greatest case studies we have as a business is a company called Seven Days Performance. I talk about this company. Actually, I didn't name them on CEO Cast. I should have because it might have got lots of people to go and check them out. But they're a competition company. They're an e-commerce raffle ticket company. So they sell tickets online. Now, they're a great example of going through all of our services. So they started with the training. Then we did the done for you for about a year and a half. Now, when they came to us, they were doing around £20,000 a month in sales. When they finished with us, they were doing around one point two or one point four million in sales per month. Wow. So worlds apart. Yeah, yeah, worlds apart. Now, obviously, it's not all margin, but these guys are smashing it. They're absolutely killing it. George and Ross, amazing guys. Hearts in the right place, deserve all the success in the world. These guys have now moved into, you know, other sides of things, property investment. Yeah, unbelievable guys but they're a great example like two 24 26 year old people started a company right place right time right marketing right strategy right investment mm-hmm. and bang exploded and you know at the end of the day we were a part of that journey and i'm very proud that we were a part of that journey but that is the power of this stuff and they're a unicorn and what i mean by that is everybody doesn't get results like that let's just yeah. Yeah. get that out there uh but to be honest, I'm also excited about, you know, the companies we're working with. There's, there's so many to just pinpoint a few. Look, if anybody wants to check out who we're working with, go to socialagendas.com. There's case study after case study on there. Mm. However, I'm more excited about the smaller results, as strange as that sounds, because they're the consistent ones. They're the ones who stay with us the longest. They're the ones who it's not as easy to get the results for. So it's more of a challenge. And those are the people as well, because they're smaller, that are putting more risk up front and trusting us more, if you like, because they've got more to lose. Yeah. So to just give you the, the headlines and to give you the, you know, the headline advertising kind of hooks that we put out there to get new clients on board, we don't even use those as case studies. We don't even put them out, those numbers on advertising, because it's misleading. You're chatting absolute bullshit yeah. if you think that you're going to re- replicate those results. Trust me, it's all about the timing in business. Yeah. They had those results because of everything ticking the boxes, but yeah. mostly it was timing. That They were first to smash it properly, properly. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, 
we'll, we'll obviously tag your uh, website and everything so people will be able to go and uh, have a look at that. Uh, on the CEO okay. cast, we won't keep you much longer, uh, so thank you very much for your time. Imagine you must be That's all good. I'm going to enjoy your evening. Uh, but on the CEO cast, I am enjoying my evening, brother. I'm oh, enjoying brilliant. it. brilliant. That's what we love to hear. <laughs> Um, on the CEO cast, you discussed uh, a point that um, I found interesting as well, where you uh, you seem very fair in your um, your, your your business practice. Uh, you yeah. even offered um, you know classes to uh, essentially develop your own competition and that uh, kind of stuff. So on that basis, I, had, I like when I watched that, I literally thought I'd uh, be interest, interested to hear your opinion on this. Uh, do you think that it's possible for uh, um, a person to, you know, gather enough wealth to become a, like a billionaire in today's age from pure fair practice? hundred percent. Absolute hundred percent. Mm. God, where do I go with that one? Because obviously they always, they always say you never meet, a, you know, a nice billionaire. So I wanted to get your take on that. Well, first of all, I've never met a billionaire. Let's yeah. just put that out there. Yeah, yeah, Second of all, I couldn't care less to meet a billionaire because what does that number indicate? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Who cares? Billion, who cares? <laughs> That's what it should be called. Yeah. Because people who are running around, yeah, look, people who are running around, shouting from the rooftops about their net worth, their individual accolades in terms of finances and finances alone. Mm. That isn't, that is just a byproduct of something working. And again, there's so many factors that come into making that work, but it doesn't indicate anything about how valuable that, that person's knowledge might be. They might've got lucky. They might've hit the jackpot. They might have just been in the right place, right time, met the right person, did the right business. So there's so many different variables that allow somebody to accrue that amount of wealth, that amount of net worth. Mm. But it's very, very simple. But I think you're asking the wrong question in a way, because what does why is a billion why is billionaire status a goal for anyone? That's mm. what I would like to know. Why is it a billion? Why is it interesting? Why is it? I'm not interested in becoming a billionaire. I'm not. And I'm one of the most ambitious people to ever walk the face of this earth. And I work my ass off, right? But I've never once sat there thinking and dreaming and daydreaming about what life would be like to be a billionaire. Why would you want to be a billionaire? I don't understand. To be a billionaire would mean that there's some benefit to being a billionaire. But... I'm financially free right now. Yeah, love it. Money's not an issue. There's things I can't afford because, but there's nothing I want that I can't afford. Yeah. So anybody who's asking the question about can I ethically become a billionaire in the modern day and age needs to rethink the question. It's the wrong mindset in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I might come across as some old, you know, old wise samurai sitting on the hill yeah. you know but who needs to be a billionaire man chill out relax yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean go yeah, be a yeah. millionaire go be a multi-millionaire yeah. what are you trying to get billionaire status for you're that insecure you're going to take all your value from becoming a billionaire you shouldn't take any value from the money that you make on the same person we make six figures a month plus right who gives a shit yeah. Does it make me better than anyone? No. Does it make you better because you're making multi seven figures a month? No. Mm. 
who cares? We're all just human beings trying to help people, like creating jobs. That's what business is about, creating jobs, creating opportunities, helping the society you live in, paying your taxes, bumping up the economy, and of course, getting your profits at the end of it so that you can live the lifestyle in comfort that you want to live. And all money is going to ever give you is more comfort. This kitchen behind me, it's comfortable. I'm six foot five. I need a lot of leg room in my house because I'm a big guy, right? I've got this garden, this view, very grateful for it every single day. I, you know, sometimes I pinch myself. A lot of times I pinch myself because yeah. it's brilliant and I'm very grateful for it. And it's everything that I would ever wish for and anything, everything that I need right now. What do I need? What excess do I need on top of this? What excess do we all need on top of our lifestyle once we've got our minimum comfort level attained? Mm. It's more so about, okay, how do I help more people now get what they want? And in turn, naturally, I'll get more of what I want because that's the only way that I've seen my business to grow is by bringing more people into it and watching them grow inside of it and to tie a number into your goals into your growth into your definition of success is absolutely crazy because you'll never feel good about yourself until you hit that number all those years you spent feeling like shit because you didn't have x amount of money in your bank wild self-worth self-esteem like that should come from within that should come from knowing you're a human being here to do something whatever that is it doesn't have to be all about no it doesn't have to be it should never be about your status it should never be determined by how much money you've got that is dumb and i'm passionate about it yeah powerful. i like that a lot i think one yeah. thing that we can well i certainly noticed and the reason why we ended up well i met we ended up messaging you is because i think it's so refreshing to see someone who's like of our generation in the twenties be so honest and genuine and not focus on like the monetary value. That's what I was trying to hit on my point earlier about the younger generations in terms of they see finance and Montclair jackets and hired out rented cars as these things to aim for. Whereas I think what it's like for me and Dave is financial freedom, being able to set our families up in a more amazing position where we can enjoy day-to-day life more and also leaving a legacy behind. So just as the last couple of questions I want is uh, from you, Aaron, is what is Aaron Branch's motivation on a day-to-day basis or a month-to-month, year-to-year, decade-to-decade basis? <laughs> and what is... Decade-to-decade, you know. <laughs> Shit, I'm getting old. <laughs> getting into the fourth one soon, mate. It's peak. Centuries. Ce- centuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so what, what drives you, what motivates you on a day-to-day basis, I guess? And... What is the end goal for social agendas? What do you want to leave behind? So many things. There's not just one individual motivating factor. Now, if you guys have seen a little bit on my social media, I'm having my first child, hopefully in the next 10 days. So thank you so much. Yeah, 10 days left. That's the due date anyway. So it's any time now. I might have to jump off in a minute. Who knows? (laughs) But um, the... Motivation I gained from that is there, you know, the motivation I gained from my staff members, creating jobs, creating opportunities for them, watching them thrive, watching them grow, supporting them and seeing them become authorities in their own right. That's powerful, man. Watching someone go from not knowing much about much in terms of marketing, applying the knowledge, sticking at it, following through 
and then grow into an authority in their own right. That's an amazing, fulfilling journey to watch and be a part of. But then also like that is with the clients, man. My clients motivate me. I've got the most ambitious, legendary client roster in the world. They are legends. Let me tell you, these people are shaping the future. They're always coming with new ideas. They're putting themselves out there. They're risking their safety blankets to build their businesses, to grow their economy. They are ambitious, level-headed, exciting people to work with. And I am so blessed because all I have to do to get motivated is go and speak to a couple of my clients because that is the energy that really gets you going, that that vibration. It's all spiritual, man. It's the vibration you're... You know, you're resonating at that frequency. Are you are you vibrating on a top level or are you just slow? Are you lethargic energy? Yeah. You know, are the atoms in your soul shaking at a fast pace or a really slow, dead pace? Like yeah. people are living in different frequencies and different zones. My frequency is up. You can just see it. You can feel it. You yeah. know when you're speaking yeah. to someone yeah. and they are in their zone. They're in their element, right? And you know when you speak to someone and they're down, they're beat down, yeah. but they're beating themselves down and there's no saving them. And either you're going to become attract, you're going to be one of those energies. They can't coexist. One of them is either going to, you're going to become lower energy, lower frequency, or they're going to become higher frequency. Now that battle determines who you keep in your circle when you're operating at this level. You have to keep high energy, high frequency, optimistic views of the future. So my clients, they inspire me. My son inspires me. My staff inspire me. My partner, Holly, she inspires me. She's a legend. And ultimately, all of those inspirations come second to my own personal goals, which, look, I, I love wealth creation. Today, I was on one of the, I was on a development site earlier today, you know, busy in Stafford, business is all about generating cash flow. What you do with that cash flow makes or breaks your wealth building plan. So I'm all about now, you know, we're launching property agendas. The agendas group is well underway. Property agendas is all about, look, I've got clients who've got so many results, so much money that they're making from our services because yeah. they're, you know, selling more. They've got more money than they ever thought they would ever have. And or what they thought they'd have, whatever. They don't know what to do with that money. This is new money. This is new generational wealth being started right now in my presence. So it's only right for me to share the opportunities that I'm aware of, that I have access to with my client base, with new people on my social media, the people who follow me, and taking that whole community. Look, no, why would you do it on your own? That's the thing I've learned. Nothing is half as much fun if you do it alone you're better off doing it together making less but sharing that journey sharing that experience and that is why you know the wealth creation roadmap is so exciting because having a diversified portfolio of incomes which are growing your money growing the cash flow that you pull out of your business that is the you know attaining that at the high level that's where you start reaching these millionaire multi-millionaire net worth personally not just as a business yeah. right and that's what i that's what i'm excited about you know the people i'm talking with the people i'm working with developers the you know i made an investment today i've just i've just sent someone seven and a half grand today 
Like that is for a serviced accommodation deal in Birmingham. And the guy is one of my clients. Check that. I invest in them. They invest in me. It's the flow, man. It's this energy. Like everyone's so attached to money, 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 money. Let go, man. Put it all back. Watch it for like, I hate to quote him, but Nipsey Hussle says it. All money in is the is the motto, right? All money in. Put all your money in. Invest in yourself. Yeah. Get the knowledge. Get the skills. Watch that money come back. Yeah. The problem is, because of social media, everyone's everyone's got this shiny object syndrome. It's worse for the younger, the, the cars, the clothes, yeah. the, the watches. I've got investment properties. <sighs> like, come on, man. Cars, clothes all this perishable shit that you're never going to give your kids. Like, pff, people are just fucking on another planet. Honestly, it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I definitely feel like that, that that's the same um, thinking as I have. I think people, need, people should want to generate wealth, as you said, and then spread that. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I want to put my family on. I want to put my mates on. That's the whole reason me and Dave did this. We literally sit here and have conversations for like two hours, literally in this room. Mm-hmm. And then we'd be yeah. like, why don't we just put it on a podcast and have other people on like-minded people who we can share yeah. to? So at least people can have a different way of thinking and maybe that might just spark an idea or spark a different way of thinking for them that might change their life for the better. So that, that's- Oh, 100%. And this is a network. It's a networking tool for you guys as well, which is, you know, one of the biggest things of podcasting is the network you start to build. And like for Fahim on Cast, he's a great example. Me and him have had so many conversations at length about his phone book, how he can best, you know, start making joint ventures and, and, and really just building some offers for himself because he's got this audience, he's got this great network of entrepreneurs that's valuable, right? And how he uses that is obviously up to him, but it's, it's a great tool. But the main thing in life is all about who are you attracting to, you know, who are you bringing and attracting into your life? And the people you attract are the people who are most similar to you in vibration right there's something in the vibration on that ceo cast that you guys resonated with the energy that's why we're on here today it led to this who knows someone else might watch you guys watch one of your podcasts and that energy will resonate them into taking action and doing something else and that might definitely find its way in circling back to you guys there's things i've done for people business things i've done it off the kindness of my heart and it always comes back and it might not come back from that that person but the, it, the energy, it will boomerang. The universe will bring it back. And all of a sudden, you're sitting in a place that you could not have tangibly got yourself into. Yeah. The only way to get there is if everything just fell in place. And you don't, the most liberating thing is understanding there's only so much you can control, yeah. but you can control who you are, how you treat people, how you make them feel, and what your overall purpose is. This wealth creation journey that I mentioned, this wealth creation, it's not all for me. It's for my friends, my family, my generations that come after me, my staff. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking so many levels ahead in terms of joint ventures. It's joint ventures with staff members who yeah. are loyal and bring stuff to the table. There's so many ways I'm going to empower them. They don't even know it yet, but trust me, the way my brain works, it's all about sharing, 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 watching it flow out, watching it flow back. And that is just honestly the best thing you can do is give and you can't give and you can't feed that it's one of my favorite sayings you can't feed the homeless with an empty fridge so go fill your fridge yeah love it i think that is a brilliant way 
to end this podcast. Um, yeah. Been I mean, Aaron. Just want to say thank you so much for <laughs> what a, on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> share, share, share. So if anyone's got a bit of cash they want to, or a car they want to give, no, joke. Um, honestly, thank you so much, Aaron, for uh, for jumping on with us today. Really appreciate it. And before you go, Aaron, obviously you've had about what an hour, ten minutes <laughs> to be thinking about. You know that question from the beginning. Have you got a, you've got an answer for us just yet? Guys, I can't answer that question, man, because I'm I'm just happy with who I am, bro. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's I, I've never, yeah. I've never considered it. I'd never would consider it if some if somebody offered me someone else's life, even if like, it could, I could, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a life that I'd enjoy more than my own. Yeah, no problem. Nothing. I love this shit. Like, I'd have to give up my life to go and meet other people live a different life now nah, i love all the people who are around me i love everybody in my life like the partners everything like it's sick i would i wouldn't want to be any other race i would never want to be any other person man and i think i don't know man i think you're gonna have to drop that question or change it because <laughs> again it's the wrong question bro why would anybody want to be anybody else but themselves yeah no fair enough i'll take the feedback on thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> do you have do you have uh, any socials any websites that you want to shout out now just before we uh, 100% socialagendas.com s-o-c-i-a-l agendas a-g-e-n-d-a-s dot com my Instagram handle is the best place to find me just like you boys did Aaron underscore branch and yeah apart from that we're all good man I'd love to speak to some more people for sure Thank you very much. And before you go, I just want to have a little um, public announcement to all our followers. Um, uh, this is obviously the first uh, video that we're going to be putting on YouTube. And I just want to tell anyone who's listening that you only miss the shots you don't take. For instance, me and Vic have been sat here for, I think, three weeks. We said we want to try and get someone on in the business world, but we don't want to just get and, an, uh, you know, just someone that wasn't on our vibe or someone who was you know we didn't think that would fit for the podcast and we found Aaron but then we were we hesitated for like literally two weeks we were like now this guy he's he's a bit too big for us like surely (laughs) he's not going to come on our podcast and I think it was last week we literally thought oh let's message him we message him and then I think Vic said he's seen oh he's seen it mate no response and we're like oh geez that's it but then he came back with the reply emailed his uh, assistant so yeah the bottom line is guys just nothing's too big if you if you believe in what you're building believe in what you're trying shoot for the stars so my brilliant brilliant and I'm very humbled to even be considered, guys. Like I said, man, who knows where this could go? Five years from now, you guys are slot. We're all going to be in a better place. Okay. So um, it's a pleasure just to share, man. It's just it's checkpoints. That's all this is. It's checkpoints. So thank you. Exactly. Definitely. So guys, we've been the Off White Boys. This has been the Off White Pod. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>